attendees, if you're just joining us, uh, just give us a minute to let everyone log on and then we'll get started. All right, hello everyone. I'm Rachel Zablonek Chanko, Editor-in-Chief of Club Solutions Magazine, and welcome to our monthly um, virtual thought leadership series, sponsored by ASF and Club OS. We have a really awesome panel for today's session on the topic of marketing and sales trends. Uh, and I'm gonna start by asking each of them to go around and introduce themselves, um, tell us a little bit about their businesses and share a fun fact. Um, so Hiba, let's go ahead and start with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Um, my name is Hib Abdul Jawad. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Fitness Ventures, a Crunch Fitness franchisee, with 22 locations all over the U.S. and several more in development. Um, Fitness Ventures is also the largest holder of territory rights in the system. Um, fun fact about me, I don't know if it is really a fun fact, but I've lived in five different countries, spent the majority of my marketing career in Dubai, so I think that is a fun fact. Fancy. That is, that's very cool. What's your favorite country you've lived in? Um, I would say Dubai. It is my yeah. favorite country. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Allison. Um, well, let's see here. I'm Allison Ram and yeah, thank you for having me. And I am the VP of marketing at UFIT Gyms, which is an 80 location um, gym. It's mostly in Florida, but we have locations in Texas and Maryland and Virginia. It's sort of all over the place as well, but mostly Florida. I came from Vita Fitness in DC, which is a premium six location gym. And I actually had a short stint with Club OS and ASF, our sponsors today. My fun fact is that I have a hairless dog and I brought him here so you can meet him. This is Q-tip. Okay. There you go. Has he been in your lap this entire time? Mm -hmm. yeah he sleeps here okay very cool it's not weird all right <laughs> not weird awesome all right Danielle hi um thanks for having me I'm Danielle Circio I'm the marketing director at Merit Clubs we are a nine um club location in the Baltimore metro area in Baltimore Maryland um, we are a full service um, high end club with outdoor pools, um, indoor pools, sports courts, uh, summer camps, um, we kind of run the gamut. Um, fun fact about me, I don't know how fun it is, but before my marketing stint, I was a television reporter, which was pretty cool. Nice. Very cool. I, I couldn't do that. So I applaud you. <laughs> All right, Jake. Hi, I'm Jake McCabe, Vice President of Marketing for Genesis Health Clubs. Um, we now have 59 clubs in seven states. We just acquired two in Florida a couple of weeks ago in the villages, uh, marking our, our seventh state and 59th club. Um, largely grow through acquisition, and we, uh, we do a lot of tennis and rehabbing uh, tennis facilities and restoring their, their glory. Um, fun fact, I actually am a I'm in Kansas on very, very flat land. So I love hiking and finding anything that's not flat. So Colorado's right next door. Um, try to try to climb as much as I can. Um, have 11 of the Colorado 14ers down right now and uh, wow. looking to keep checking them off the list every summer. Very cool, that's impressive. Have you done a Pikes Peak? I've been to the top of Pikes Peak many, many times, but it's always been either by car or by the 
the trolley. So I, I, I will climb it at some point. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> All right, Corey, last but not least. Thank God I did not have to follow the hairless dog. That would have been a tall order. But I, I also am, have a big pup. Okay. <laughs> um, I am Corey Angelin. I've been, a, I guess, a fitness business executive for the last couple of years for some of the big brands out there, specifically boutique fitness, like F45. Um, and I am the creator of the new Power Sales app, which is coming out next week. So it'll help give the skill set to a lot of the front of the house salespeople, GMs, the skill set to sell more memberships and be more confident. Um, fun fact about me, I was a trainer on The Biggest Loser. I trained three winners on the show and I was on Shark Tank, although I did not become a millionaire. I would still, even if I was a millionaire, choose to be on this particular webinar, but I was not and I'm still here. And so that's my fun fact. Oh my God, this wow. is so much better than a hairless dog. Not really, because I have nothing really to good. <laughs> that is cool. Corey, I've talked to you like a million times and I had no idea. Very interesting. I'm very humble coming from New York, Rachel. You know. <laughs> True. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Um, and attendees, if you have any questions for our panelists um, during the discussion, please put those in the Q&A or chat. And if we have time at the end, we'll get to them. So awesome. Let's go ahead and dive in. Um, I want to start off with the um, marketing messages. I'm really curious to hear from each of you on what type of messaging is resonating with consumers right now. I know a lot of clubs are kind of shifting away from focusing on fitness and more towards mental health, um, wellness. So I'm curious if that's been the case for you guys. And yeah, go ahead and just talk a little bit about your experiences in that area. Hibby, or sorry, Hibba. <laughs> sorry, let's start with you. <laughs> that is my nickname though. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that is a really good question. I think the biggest change we've um, we've seen is really being a little bit more sophisticated with our marketing messages and really understanding what the consumer is looking for. Um, one thing that I love working with is, you know how there are superfoods, there's kale and cranberries. There's also super words, power words, things like, you know, words like you and now easy. Um, these are all words that we've started using in our marketing messaging right after COVID to really address the consumer um, on a different level. Adding personalization is becoming more and more important. Um, one thing that has also shifted since COVID, and I don't know if it's really related to COVID or if it's just a, a general shift in marketing, um, or what the consumer is looking for in the fitness industry, but focusing on transformation. So kind of how you have Disney, Disney is not talking about characters, Disney's talking about the magical experience. Nike doesn't talk about, you know, the, the, the shoes, they talk about, you know, the finish line. And so um, for me, what I've noticed um, since COVID is really not talking about the things that you have to offer. I mean, every club has the same amenities, give or take, but really, the, the stories that you can tell and the transformations you can provide to the members, that's been the biggest shift for us. Okay. Awesome. That's great to know. I love the power words. I love that too. Yeah. Hey, listen, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, I definitely feel like I'm more price oriented now than pre COVID. So when we came back from COVID, I didn't want to be uh, price focused. We were moving so far away from that. But since COVID, I do feel like price has become more of an, and it could also be inflation, that like price has become more important than it was before. And it's not something I really like to focus on in marketing. I want to focus more on the value prop. 
But I also think the other value prop that we're really focused on is community because we have to sell them on coming back after they sort of became more self-isolated in their like workout routine. So driving that sort of sense of like the why, the people that you see, um, we had, you know, completely gone away from event strategy. Now we're back to events and we're sort of back to that kind of event messaging. But my biggest surprise out of everything is going back to like price blinking dollars. Like I would have killed someone who recommended that to me pre COVID. And I'm like, kind of like it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think with the economy too, and like you said, inflation, I think people are paying a little bit closer attention to where their money is going. So that's a great point. Yeah. All right, Danielle, what marketing messages are resonating for you? I would say um, several. I agree with Hiba that we are really focused on mental and um, and 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 physical well-being and how um, exercise has proven to. We really talk about that has proven to um, reduce the um, you know the severity of COVID. But the other really big component that we've seen is um, I know this is typically not what we used to do, but we're shifting away from committed memberships and really pushing month to month memberships um, because people have a fear of commitment right now. They don't know when that spike is going to come. They don't know when mask mandates are going to come come back and they just don't want to be locked into a contract. So us giving them several options. Sure. If you want to do a committed, um, you can still do a committed, but you're also going to do the month to month. Um, we have that option. We've run several promotions where we give them the month to month rate, the same as the committed rate. Now the enrollment will be a little higher um, for the month to month. So that is um, a choice that if someone wants to pay a little bit of a higher enrollment, they don't have to commit to a 12 month contract. And that's really been resonating with people that have come, come to our clubs to join. Awesome. Good to know. Jake, what about you? Say, uh, authenticity is probably the key word. Um, the type of media that people consume has changed a lot over the last few years. There's more, you know, with TikTok and Reels, vertical video. Um, a lot of advertising doesn't really look like advertising anymore. It looks like, you know, something that someone might have put together with their cell phone. And we still want to be professional with it and put polish on it. But more and more, it's, it's messaging that looks like it could be user-generated or actually user-generated. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. Do any of you have your brands on TikTok? Yeah, I have all, yeah. all my locations on TikTok. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we do. awesome. We do too. What's your, um, Hiba, what's your experience then with that? Um, it worked really great during COVID. During the, the lockdowns, we had to really find a way to engage our members and make sure that they, they keep following our pages despite us being shut down for a period of time. So, you know, and we still employed all of our staff. So it gave them something to engage with. And we put out great content and we kept the engagement up and we haven't lost any followers because of that. Um, so it was great. It was really, really great. Yeah. Yeah, I um, get on TikTok every once in a while, and there's a girl in particular that I follow who is, she's just a member of a crunch gym, mm-hmm. and she does her workouts and records them, but the crunch logo is always in the background. I've always thought, what a great, you know, marketing yeah. tool, and it's not, it's just <laughs> user generated. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, Corey, what advice could you give on marketing messages? First of all, I would love to see you on TikTok, but that's another webinar. <laughs> Um, oh, I don't post it. I just I look at it. I, just I, I, you could tell them. 
yeah, the dances that you do? <laughs> I will give you two different perspectives since the geniuses on the phone obviously gave great answers. And so I will tell you post COVID, I think more people are comfortable with the uncomfortable. In other words, getting themselves some organic content out there to push the brand, whether it's at a club level or a studio level. Um, but more so the point I would make, because it's a lot about the messaging is I think post COVID, what I try to tell people is that you need to be a lot more reliant on also grassroots marketing. I think Pre-COVID, we expect a return for the money we spend for the marketing dollars, right? And so the marketing uh, experts do a great job. They have a budget. They put out a lot of stuff. And we expect the return. The reality is, is that just because you're spending money doesn't mean you're going to get a certain amount of leads regardless of the message. And so I think we're a lot more proficient post-COVID getting out in the community and actually having a grassroots plan, whether it's B2B, flyering, uh, just thinking out of the box, and I always say 50-50 rule, expect 50% of your leads to come from marketing, but you got to go out and get the other 50%. So I think that's the biggest change I've seen the last year or two. Okay. Yeah. Great to know. Um, and I know some of you, you know, acknowledge that you are shifting some of your messaging towards the mental health um, wellness um, aspects, but I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, do you, I guess, how do you feel the consumers um, are responding to that? Do you think it's something that all clubs should at least consider? What about you, Hiba? Um, I think it's a mixed bag. I mean, um, in the markets that I'm in, some of them are college markets. I have a target audience that is, you know, between the ages of 19 and 22. And those guys are really looking at, you know, bulking up and staying in shape and getting a nice tan. So my, my message is a little bit more tailored towards that. Um, but then there's this other group that is very much in tune with mental health and wellness. And so when we do put out our messaging and with the iOS updates, it's harder now to, to reach those different groups, those different buckets. So what we do now is we rotate our messages every you know, couple of days to make sure we're hitting all different um, audience types. And when it comes to mental health and wellness, it's a very fine line. So you don't want to come off as as being an educator in terms of mental health and wellness. So it's, it's very, um, it's very risky. You need to obviously use buzzwords. So things like relax and unwind with our yoga classes or um, things that allude to mental health and wellness without sounding, without educating people about it. Um, being very vague about it. You know, the, the one thing, that we found challenging with the mental health and wellness um, ad messaging is the fact that it gets rejected by Facebook easily. Um, so incorporating that message into your text and your mark in your email marketing channels is great, but you have to be a little bit more vague on uh, in the social media um, era. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. That's great to know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Allison, what are your thoughts? So we're really incorporating it into like our programming. So I wouldn't say like, if it's just ad copy, that's a great point though. Cause I've never really thought about that, which is like my ad copy for our programs. We're really embedding it. So for example, if we do a fitness challenge, we're including like a wellness and motivational coach who has things like, you know, we, it's actually this woman named Petra Kolber and she's like a happiness author and it's like about incorporating like mental wellness into the physical. If someone doesn't want to do it, like that's completely fine, but it's an element that's there for them. And it's sort of designed to help motivate, but also help sort of bring out the bigger picture for the why we're doing this. So I would say we're trying to like embed it um, in a sort of 
as part of a program. So if we do a challenge, it's part of a challenge. If it's, if we do a webinar, it's a part of that. So that it's just sort of like a rich piece of the programming. I don't know if that makes sense, but I hope so. It does. Cause we're really, so, yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Danielle? Any considerations for marketing or wellness marketing? Yeah, we um, put it pretty much everywhere um, on our billboards. We try to incorporate it. Um, we have a really strong endorsement with a local radio personality who is our member to a T and she is um, great on social media. She is a huge influencer um, and she's in our clubs working out all of the time and getting that message out, which is fantastic because like Hibba said, a lot of times, you know, on social media, you can't put that ad about, oh, it reduces the severity of, of COVID. But when we do say that in our digital marketing or our email marketing, we always back it up with a link to an actual study. So people know it's just not us saying it to get bodies in our doors. It's proven. We have the research and we always make sure um, that we have that in the messaging where we can include it, like email marketing and things like that. Um, so that's important for us. Um, and you know, for us, it's a little bit different because we would have thought that the older generation may have been a little more concerned, um, you know, about, about COVID and, and coming into the clubs, but we're seeing our younger members are just as concerned. Um, and we're really trying to work with, um, you know, other health clubs and other, um, you know, brands that are kind of in a similar channel as us um, to just get change the narrative. You know, health clubs are not as people originally thought the super spreader. You know, we have we, we have a very, very small incidence of people um, getting COVID. Um, and a lot of times they wouldn't catch it in our clubs. They'd catch it somewhere else and bring it into our clubs. And thankfully, because of all of the safety protocols, we, um, we know we, we put in effect, we were able to stop it from spreading. So continually trying to change that narrative and make people understand that health clubs are safe. Good point, Danielle. How about you, Jake? What are your thoughts on mental health, wellness? Lots of thoughts. Um, so it's, it's always so important to understand your customers as much as you possibly can. I mean, if there's one thing you need to do in marketing, that's, that's probably it. Um, so, you know, we survey our members a lot and you look at the reasons why people join and they, you know, you think about things like weight loss or bulking up or mental health aspects. Um, and a lot of those are things where we have to use kind of coded language. You know, you can't just, just like the mental health thing, you can't put up an ad about weight loss on the social media channel. I mean, it's just not allowed anymore. And it's also taboo in, in society, even if that is a reason that, you know, a lot of people are joining, you can't talk about bulking up because that's alienating to some people. Um, mental health, if you just treat it like this clinical thing that, is alienating to some people. So it's really kind of more of a focus on what that means and the emotions behind it. You know, you talk about how people are going to feel, you talk about, you know, getting rid of stress, you talk about those sorts of things and, and try to make it a little bit more real where you're kind of around the edges of mental health, but not necessarily even ever using that term. Um, I will say that kind of similar to that, there's this kind of identity-based to be an active person as, as a driving motivator for getting into fitness for people and, and being fit less than any, you know, body transformation or, you know, functional mental health thing or immunity thing. It, it's really, I think of myself as an active person. I do things, I'm active, I'm fit. This is who I am. And that messaging is working really well right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like where you guys are going with this, with the sensitivity regarding any type of messaging. And it made, made me think of the Planet Fitness ad during the Super Bowl with um, Lindsay Lohan, and it was about a glow up, which can apply to anything that someone might want to achieve. So yeah, I like where that's going. But Corey, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, similar to what everyone said, I think you have to just know your audience, right? And then, uh, and then also, I think where I've seen it work the best is when you've partnered with a wellness brand makes the messaging a lot easier. So if you're running a challenge or you're doing an event or a community event, I've seen a lot of great brands partner with a wellness brand um, and, and make it a co-function. And then the messaging becomes a lot easier because there's that crossover. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we do have a question from the audience that's relevant to this. Um, so I want to ask it. Um, so essentially, it's um, are you guys um, focusing more on recovery in your programming? And then are you making that a part of your marketing? Heba, can you weigh in on that? Um, yes and no. So if we are heavily focused on, you know, generating new member units or generating leads, then we do not focus so much on it. Um, it becomes a secondary message. But if it is um, just an organic post or an organic email that is not whose purpose, which is not to generate um, new member units, then yes, we do focus on recovery. Um, and we do that in partnership with recovery uh, products. Okay, awesome. Good to know. Allison. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I, we focus on it as a secondary message, but it's just not big enough to be primary. Okay. Does anyone else want to weigh in on that one? Raise your hand if so. All right. Sorry, recovery. No one wants to recover. <laughs> awesome. No worries. All right. Um, yeah, so I'm really curious. What are best practices you can share right now for attracting prospects from a marketing perspective? I'm really curious what mediums and platforms are most effective for you right now. Heba. Um, I think I would keep it simple. Social media is king and will remain king for the foreseeable future. Um, to attract a cold audience, social media is going to be your best bet. Um, and then you would retarget your prospects or your cold audience with, you know, email, text, um, you know, Google display ads, what have you. I think it is important to test out and keep trying out different channels. I always say marketing is such a humbling profession. You keep trying out different platforms and trying out different channels and optimizing and measuring and changing. And um, you have to figure out what's right for your market, what's right for, you know, your, your, your brand, not one size fits all. You have to keep changing and don't take any shortcuts. I think that would be um, that would be my best advice and use social listening to, to craft your ad copy to generate leads and to generate new member units. So a platform that I like using is Answer the Public. So I, I try to figure out what are people searching for on Google and using that search, um, that search phrase in my ad copy to generate and attract prospects. Yeah, wow, that's a great tool. So thanks for sharing that. But yeah, consumers are uh, constantly changing what they want, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Allison. Yeah, I will just, just to add on to what you're saying, but I feel like, um, and this is something I've been really learning over the course of my short stint with UFIT is to really lean into what your paid media agency is doing and really, really understand you. Can't, I can't say this enough. I say it on every webinar and I feel like I always have to say it and re-say it, but you can't trust your agencies and your tech partners, unless you're completely leaning in and you are the quarterback, 
you cannot hand them all of your money and be like, let me know how it goes. Like, so understand the, you know, where your ads are going, how your ads are, your campaigns are set up, like how they're structured, who they're going to, your cost per acquisition on every channel for every location. Like you cannot dig into this enough. That unsexy, uninteresting piece of the job, it's like you you need, if you can't do it, you need to hire someone on your team who, or have someone on your, like you have to have a trusted partner and you have to understand exactly everything. And if you don't find a different agency and to that end, um, I think also make sure your agency has the right, like, technology in place to do the things that we can't do anymore because of like the privacy limitations. So understand the limitations and then dig into like how you're working around that. Because as much as I love events and partnerships, which is like my passion and my everything at the end of the day, I'm spending most of my money and paid. And that's where I'm getting the most of my prospects. Um, that my rant is complete. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anything more on attracting prospects, Allison? More than that. You mentioned events. <laughs> you mentioned events. So I'm curious, you, you, events have been really good for lead generation? Yeah. I mean, like uh, I am definitely focused on internal and external events and partnerships that will like get us into the right events. So um, even partnerships that are just like email trades with likewise companies, um, I think they're great for brand building and for expanding and helping to, I need all of that to help my paid media do its job. If you just have paid media, but nobody has any other touch points with me, then it won't do what it needs to do. So the two have to work in tandem. And yeah. Rachel, to, to, to her point, also just to be mindful to have the process and the, and the automation behind once you get the lead, right? Because you can yes. spend money getting the lead. And so having an automation system um, replaces human error when we forget to call someone back, but also have the SOP and best practices to make sure that you're getting back to that lead within the first 10 minutes, you're actually making a phone call and not just relying on text messaging. So when you do spend all that money and all the hard work the marketing team does, you're also being able to convert that person into a trial and then a member. Yeah, great point, Corey. Danielle, what about you? What are some uh, best practices for sorry, best practices for attracting prospects. Um, I agree with Allison just to that point that um, I, I think because I'm a little smaller brand, I only have nine locations, so I'm very hands-on. I don't really have, you know, I have an agency that does our website and, you know, things here or there, um, but I kind of do everything myself. Um, so I'm really hands-on and, you know, I have my finger on the pulse of what's working and what's not working. And recently with um, Google uh, transferring to web responsive ads, uh, you know, Google used to be king and, um, you know, in some cases still is, but, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, we're seeing a little bit of a decrease and then a light bulb goes off and Bing is now, you know, Bing was a thing of the past. I think we stopped yeah. advertising with them in 2017 or 18, but now that Microsoft Edge has, you know, taken over kind of the internet explorer world and everything. So many people, when they turn on their computer, they're in Bing. So when they're searching, you know, they're searching on the Bing platform and, and no longer Google. So that's been beneficial for us. And then also um, we've been investing money in OTT has been very, um, very fruitful for us. It's less expensive than television. And so many of the people that we want to reach are really cutting their cord with 
cable and they're going to connected TV. So we're really pushing OTT. And with OTT, I'm really able to discover my ROI much easier than I am with television. Television, you kind of throw it out there and you're like, okay, let's hope somebody sees it and comes in. But with OTT, when they watch my commercial 100%, then I'm able to send them, you know, digital ads because they match back um, from their smart device they're watching on to their cell phone. And I'm able to deliver a retargeting ad, which then someone clicks on and I capture, um, you know, their lead information. I'm taking them to a lead page. Um, and then I'm also able to place a footfall um, pixel where I'm able to actually see the people that have seen my um, ad on OTT who have actually come into my club. And I get those reports and I'm able to see that. So uh, it's a lot cheaper than regular TV, cable and broadcast. Um, and I can really measure the ROI. So that's something we really have gotten into over the last few months. Yeah, great to know. Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? You know, um, Facebook and Instagram and Google, you know, have been king of the hill for years and years and years now. And, and you know, it, it, it always felt like too many eggs in one basket. And we've really seen TikTok emerge as a viable paid medium, um, not just organic, but actual, actual paid ads. Um, last month for the first time, you know, it was, it was neck and neck in terms of, um, you know, the cost per lead metrics and, and ROI with Facebook and Instagram. So um, if it keeps heading in that direction, I think it's going to be a major disruptor. Yeah. And we so, did have a question from, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Allison. It's like, I like to be the moderator. No, I'm just kidding. I have, Jake, <laughs> I just wanted to make your opinion on um, TikTok because like we kind of go back and forth on it because of the um, like DMV, like how the range in which you can set. I don't know how you have like 50 something locations. So maybe it works really well for you, but like you can't target like a really small zip, right? Yeah. So is that becoming, is that like a, for me, that's a fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that absolutely. Um, that's one thing they've got to improve. We, in all of the states that we're in, we're able to advertise on TikTok in, in almost every city where we have clubs, where we have enough clubs in that city that we're not wasting, you know, kind of like you would with traditional media. Um, but we, we do have one, one city that we're in that's close to another major city and they're considered one DMA in TikTok. So there's yeah. just no way we can actually advertise there because we'd be spending most of our budget on this other larger city nearby. So that, that's, that's a huge, huge disadvantage depending on your geography, but it works for us in, you know, 56 out of our 59 clubs. Yeah, that's great. I just wanted to ask it and point it out to anyone listening to make sure when you're looking at this, because I think TikTok is really attractive from a media, media buying perspective, but make sure you understand what Jake just said and you make sure that that will work for your gym yeah. because you could end up wasting money. Yeah, it, it does not let yeah. you use a, a radius around a pinpoint or around a zip code like some of the other mm -hmm. platforms do. And they they do need to fix. I'm, I'm sure they will fix that, but it's yeah. not there yet. I think it's coming. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Well, we did have a question from the audience on TikTok, and they're um, curious, like, what kind of content um, in the ads you guys are pushing? Um, for those of you on TikTok, could you share some examples? Jake, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, so flash sales work well for us, um, you know, where it's really kind of direct, it's linked to a specific date and time. Um, 
I'd, I'd say that works well. Um, you know, just general um, passes. I, I, I feel like it's a little bit higher funnel than some of the other mediums where, you know, people are sitting there much like they, they would watch TV in the old days. They're on their couch or they're in their bed and they're kind of just watching to be entertained. They don't necessarily want to leave that environment. So I think a kind of low commitment option for them, like a pass is, is really kind of a good way to go on TikTok. Okay. And then is anyone working with the brand ambassador? That's no, okay. <laughs> is anyone working with a brand ambassador who's like, rep, you know, paid advertising for them? Heba? Yeah, yeah we, we have a couple of macro and micro influencers in um, the majority of our markets. And to be quite honest, back in the day, and when I say back in the day, like back in 2018, 2019, the most influencers were on Facebook and Instagram. Now, most of my new, newer influencers are TikTok influencers. So um, most of the TikTok content that comes from them is very organic and very user-generated, non-polished you know, we have them showcasing themselves, working out, you know, using the platforms, not salesy. We don't push out an offer on there. We just put it out there for engagement. And sometimes, you know, when, when we do put out um, humorous TikToks, they go viral. Um, so you just have to watch and, and let it run and see what happens and just use it to drive organic traffic to your actual, to your other revenue generating social media platforms. Yeah, Rachel, come on boutique standpoint, you, you can't open a boutique unless you have three influencers. But I think where it gets murky and where we what we talk about is there's the definition of an influencer. So yes, you have your Mark Wahlbergs and David Beckham's like we had at F45. And so corporate's doing a whole campaign on how you market them. But at a studio level, it's it's it could be your local mom and pop uh, nutrition shop down the road where they're seeing a thousand people a week. And so those are your micro-targeted audience and so you might throw them three months of, of a free membership to try and get some, some lead generation and some memberships through that. So there is that definition of influencer from the macro and the micro level, which is always interesting. Um, but in the boutique fitness, you're mandated to open typically um, with two or three different influencers. Okay, good to know. Allison, were you going to add something? Um, well, now I changed what I want to add. Um, and I want to say, um, Corey, I just want to give a shout out to Scipio, which is, I don't know if any of you guys have used it, but we're using it at UFIT and you can load your members in and then find out like who of your members are influencers and like gauge like information about like how legit their followers are. And then do what you said, Corey, which is give them free memberships in exchange for, um, you know, promotion. But my original interruption was about um, TikTok and, and I'm gonna shut up after this and just like have a sip of water, but that I think you need to go with the trends. So if something is trending on, if you're like little and no one's heard of you and they're not following you on TikTok, then they're not unlikely to see your TikTok anyway. But if you go after the bigger trends, so you can attach your flash sale to a piece of music that's trending, you'll have a better likelihood of getting exposure. Yeah, good point. 
Yeah, yeah. We, right. um, also, Allison, we're using Tipio too. We've just started and it, it's a great tool. So I second the shout out. Um, and then I, I kind of just want to piggyback on Hibba. We're, we do the same exact thing. We don't really use TikTok um, for, for sales initiatives or lead gathering. It's just kind of brand awareness and driving them to our site. Um, we've just only been doing it probably for six months. Um, and we were excited because we just posted um, a video yesterday and we we got like 20,000 um, views and for us being very small in a smaller market we're excited about that yeah. so um, you know just posting engaging content um, you know that people are going to share and 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 create brand awareness drive to our site um, I'm not saying that we won't um, do some advertising and, and do more sales, but right now we're just kind of brief, um, you know, building our, um, our TikTok followers and, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, great. All right, well, um, since we've talked a little bit about technology and each of you have shared a couple examples so far, let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, can each of you go around and yeah, share any more marketing or sales technologies that you're really enjoying right now? Hibba, let's start with you. Um, I don't have a favorite, to be honest with you. I think all of the marketing tools we have, whether it's your social media um, scheduling, whether it's um, um, all the, these different dashboards that Google provides, um, you know, answer the public, crazy egg, they're all very great. And I honestly don't have a favorite. I love working with them all. One thing I will say is as, you know, in, in our positions, our job is to scale the business. So as you grow, you need to find platforms that help you streamline your marketing processes. But that being said, going back to what Allison said earlier, you can't just streamline your property, your processes and just set it and forget it. I mean, that's a the philosophy I cannot get behind. Um, and I think it's a downfall of any marketing department. Your ads are not going to run the same way every single day. I mean, Facebook glitches and will underserve your ads at some random days, you know? So this um, streamlining using these technologies, um, you need to be really careful. Um, but the one thing that I will say is, to me, I feel the data analytics portion of all of our marketing tools that we have available is key because you need to let the data and those dashboards really tell you a story because it's really your customers trying to tell you something. So if you have a low open rate on an email, you go to your dashboard and you, you, you see, well, and you, and you look at the heat map. Well, what happened is my call to action button, was it too low? Was my subject line not you know strong enough? Um, so really using that data analytics portion to, 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 to tell you a story and to help you optimize. Great advice. Allison, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I mentioned Scipio, so that check should be in the mail for both of us, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, uh, we're in the middle of doing a website redesign and um, we started to work with Sweaty on our online um, join pages and our chat bot. And I'm pretty excited about it. So I'll let you know how it turns out once it's live, but so far, I'm pretty impressed with what they have and excited to launch that. Um, I'll keep you posted, but okay. it looks really good and I'm excited about what they have to offer. Okay, good to know. I know chatbots are becoming more um, frequent. So yeah, keep us updated their chat on that. Bot, their chatbot integrates with Facebook Messenger, which I think is oh, pretty okay. special. Okay, awesome. Danielle, any more on sales and marketing <laughs> technologies you'd like to throw out? Yeah, um, HubSpot is 
awesome. Um, There's so many, I, I pretty much do everything in HubSpot. It, it's my email um, tool where I see my open rates. I see my heat maps. I do, um, I can do all of my social, you know, Facebook, Instagram ads in there. Um, I look on the dashboard and I see exactly live how many leads I've gotten from my social ads, how many um, of those people actually became members. So I'm able to see ROIs, um, I develop all my workflows, um, which HubSpot, we use ABC for, uh, as our member um, platform. HubSpot connects with ABC and I'm able to see when, you know, HubSpot someone submits for a pass, when they actually come into the club and, and use that pass or when they don't use the pass. And I have automation set up that this messaging goes out to people that have used it the past. This goes out to people that haven't. This goes out um, to people who have not become a member after X minute, many days. And our sales team um, are no, you know, kind of not actively working them. Marketing takes over. Um, I know where all of my leads are coming from. I know what's organic, what's direct, what's, you know, paid. Um, and, and we look at that um, every week we have a team meeting and just really dive into the numbers. So that's kind of like my Bible of marketing is HubSpot. I don't think I could live without it. Yeah. Awesome. Great to know. Jake. Uh, I'll give a shout out to a few of my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, partners to work with. I love uh, review trackers. Um, you know, we've got huge, huge focus on improving our review scores and really understanding um intensely local search and the role of reviews within that and their platform's great for that. Um, solution one partners. I love their reward solution. Um, they integrate mm -hmm. with Perkville too. They're, they're mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very innovative, helpful partner. Um, Moz I love on the SEO front. Um, can't mm -hmm. go wrong with Moz. Um, but I would say there's so much in the Google toolbox. I mean, you could, spend all day every day on it and not be an expert in every nook and cranny and, and so much of that is so useful um you know so right now the the really big thing is is learning google analytics 4 and being prepared for that transition um and it's it's a lot larger of a change than i anticipated so just learning what that's capable of with the modeling that it can do that universal couldn't um it seems seems really promising and i'm excited to see them continue to grow that and and build out the features. Yeah, for sure. All right, Corey. I don't know if I love any system because there's always <laughs> opportunity to get better, but you just have to have a lead automation system, whether it's Loyal Snap or any of the others that people mention. It does take eight to 15 times to get a hold of a lead. And so, you know, we don't typically do that in person or on the phone all the time. And so a mixture of a good cadence from a live person, as well as a mixture of some text and emails, it's just a must. I would say from a club level, just having a QR code that you can leave a review to make it really simple at the desk or however, you know, they make really nice QR codes that you can get as a, as a, a, a plaque. Um, so it looks a little bit more professional. That has really worked well to make it super easy and super simple once you sign someone up to say, hey, give me a review. How was your experience today? Well, you know, we want to welcome you as a member. Um, and lastly, just Google My Business, doing an SEO search. It's amazing how many gyms and studios I will plug into Google and it doesn't even, not only does it not show up on the first page, it's like on the bottom of the second page and you don't even have a chance. Um, and pretty prominent gyms too in the country. So um, it's always good to kind of take a look at what you've done. Do you have updated photos when you when you Google your your, your gym or club? So the, those are probably my three. Yeah. 
I'm glad you brought up the QR codes because those have made a bit of a comeback, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Danielle, I think you uh, wrote an article on this for us where just with everyone got so used to looking at menus. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will so. give you one better. It's, it's a little bit off, but so I walked into a coffee shop in North Carolina and um, they had an Instagram ticker, really nice Instagram ticker on the counter. And they asked me, did you follow our coffee shop? And I said, no, but I'll do it right now. And the minute I followed it, it ticked up one follower. It was so powerful. I made all of our studios that I was consulting with, they all have one. And so it's part of the customer experience now when you join as a new member. Interesting. Wow. Very cool. All right. Um, yeah, so we only have a little bit of time. <clears throat> Sorry. We only have a little bit of time left. So I'm really curious to hear from you guys. What are just some of the biggest marketing and sales challenges that you're facing um, in the current environment? Hippa, let's start with you. I think the biggest one for me, to be quite honest, is the noise. Um, so you wake up in the morning. I don't know what your daily routine is. You open up your phone. There's an ad. You go to work, you're on your way to work, you see a billboard, that's an ad. You're bombarded with thousands and thousands of messages daily. And the question that I have to ask myself every day, how do I stand out? You know, what is going to resonate the most? So what I've been doing a lot is understanding, you know, colors, what color scheme is working, which, you know, which color scheme is resonating with the customer now? What are my competitors, you know, putting out there and how can I stand out and, uh, with, uh, with the noise? Um, Another challenge, and uh, I think Jake talked about it already, is, you know, half of our audience, if you look at our demographics, half of our audience are not even on Facebook and Instagram anymore. They're on Snapchat and TikTok. And when you, you know, work with the TikTok ads manager, it's so basic and the targeting is not usable. You'll waste all of your money on spill areas. So that's been a big challenge. Um, Another challenge, obviously, is um, breaking through the at-home workouts. How do we get people to come to the gym? How do we invite them over to um, a gym environment? So, because they, they have been used to at-home workouts during the pandemic and it's become so popular. Peloton um, has made it extremely popular too. So how do we advertise to get people to want to come to the gym, to experience workouts at the gym? Is it through, you know, showcasing our state-of-the-art equipment? Is it the group fitness environment? So that has been challenged, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. Good to know. Allison, what challenges are you having? I mean, I, I'm interested, Hiba, in your dashboard. That sounds really fancy and nice. Because mm-hmm. I think my biggest challenge right now is really just um, understanding all the data. There's data coming in from a million places and it's, we'll get there. But my biggest challenge right now is understanding like, why are we doing well? Why aren't we doing well? And like, um, you have all these different data sources. They don't all agree with each other. Trying to get all of that stuff aligned is like a really big priority and it's a big challenge. And it's like, when you're doing well, it bothers you a little less. When you're not doing well, it really, really bothers you. But at the end of the day, like in order to move forward, we need to get there. And you didn't name any names with the secret dashboard. And I'm assuming it's because you don't want to tell me, but uh, maybe <laughs> no. I'll get you drunk at Ursa. <laughs> we can connect offline, Allison. <laughs> awesome. All right, Danielle, um, what are the biggest challenges facing fitness marketers today? 
I would say I agree with getting through the noise, um, which has always been an issue of getting through the noise with other competitors. But now since COVID, those competitors are, like Hiba said, the at-home workouts, um, you know, the Peloton,ers the, um, you know, uh, I have, um, gosh, all the different apps. So, you know, for us, we kind of just talked about the elephant in the room, our, our, our TV commercial that we ran a couple months ago, just basically talked about um, those at-home workout people. And we had photos of a woman in her basement. I mean, well, video of a woman in her basement and she goes to get on her elliptical and there's clothes hanging on the elliptical. So she takes them off and folds them in the basket or, you know, guys in his basement riding a, um, a, a stationary bike and his phone rings and he gets off and he walks away. And um, again, really listening. Um, we have Medallia. Um, so we really listen to what our members are saying. And we listen to people when they are coming back into the club to join. And, you know, we heard loud and clear, I'm tired of the at-home workout. I miss people. I miss being, you know, able to be social. And with our clubs, we have a lot of social opportunities. You know, we have outdoor pools, we hold happy hours, we make sure we do a lot of stuff um, in our clubs that make our members a part of our community. Um, and that's big for us. So we really uh, focus on that with our advertising um, to get through the noise of why um, people would want to do an at-home workout or, or join even other competitors when we offer so many social things along with getting, getting fit, getting well, feeling better, um, you know, physically and mentally. Yeah. Awesome. Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? You know, I think um, a couple things, you know, number one, attribution, you know, after iOS 14 on the social front and then iOS 15 for email marketing, um, you know, looking at comparisons to the past are more difficult than they used to be. Um, really understanding, you know, flow of flow of traffic, flow of leads, all of that, um, you know, when things don't necessarily, re necessarily reconcile from platform to platform, um, making sure that you've got the right data and you're able to really make the right decisions based on it. Um, but then also, I mean, this is kind of always true of marketing is that you can't be an expert in everything. And there are so many different areas that you can focus on. You know, I think now more than ever, it, it's, it's finding the right areas where you can make the biggest impact and not get distracted by the shiny object over there and spend too much time on it. Yeah. Yep. Great point. All right, Corey, what are the biggest challenges from your perspective? I don't know if it's challenges, but I think it's a good opportunity for us to look at your, the customer experience and, and have that process in place. And what I mean by that is making sure that our, our, our staff understands how to have a powerful question with a consumer. At the end of the day, regardless of COVID, there are plenty of people that want to come back to the gym. One thing I learned at Les Mills many years ago, which is one of the leaders in group fitness, is nothing beats an in-person experience. So embrace the at-home people, but the reality is, is they're going to come back to the gym and the club. And so having that process, being able to ask a really powerful needs analysis questions about the person's goals and make it about them and leading back to us as solution is probably a great time to, to upskill your staff on that particular skill set, because at the end of the day, they can make or break having a new member or not. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're about out of time. So I'm just going to go ahead and close with them having each of you share just your final piece of advice to fitness marketers out there. I'm Hibba. Let's go ahead and start with you. 
Sure. I think the biggest learning um, that I've adopted is to think on my feet and to adapt quickly, because if you don't adapt, somebody else surely will. Um, so it's great to plan ahead, you know, three, four, five months ahead of time, but it's really important that you change out your marketing strategy based on the trends that are happening. Um, and then to me really is obsessing over customers and not so much over competitors or, or over what's, what's happening around you. Just really obsess over your customers. Awesome. Great advice. Allison. Um, don't trust anybody and um, lean in <laughs> trust anyone and like lean in, be your own quarterback. Um, I'm not saying micromanage. I'm not a micromanager. I just have a team of people who work for me that I trust. And I make sure that we watch over our vendors. We watch over our agency and that we have an idea and control over what we're doing so that like, something doesn't get lost. Yeah. Yep. Good advice. Danielle, what's your final piece of advice? Oh. I'm muted. I'm muted. Sorry. I would say um, track, 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 track. Um, for me, um, I would, I'd say I'm a bit of a micromanager and, and then I don't trust anyone. I look at my own data um, every day. I'm looking at it. I'm seeing where my leads are from. Um, you know, I think someone had talked about how it's different audiences. So you have to use different mediums to um, get to those different audiences. But in the end goal, my, my end goal is to always get them um, somewhere digitally somewhere filling out a form if it's from my website I have a you know place to take them if it's from radio I have a place to take them if it's you know from OTT or from geofencing ads I take them um, and then I'm literally going into HubSpot every day and seeing where those leads are coming from and seeing of those leads who's converting to sales who are the qualified leads um, so I really know where I'm spending um, and and if there's places I, I'm spending that I shouldn't be um, I'm always on top of that and, and ready to, to move money where I need to make the most impact for, for our clubs. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Jake. Marketing is constant learning. Um, so it's, it's so important not to get so caught up in, in how busy we can all get to structure it and make sure that there's time to learn every single day. And it's, it's gotta be daily, you know, it's over coffee in the morning. It's, on a round table, you know, read a blog, listen to a podcast on your commute. Um, because if you're in marketing and you're not committed to constant learning, you're going to fall farther and farther behind every day. And for anyone who's lucky enough to have a staff create a culture of constant learning, um, because they've, they've got to be as passionate about it as you. I think, you know, if you're hiring, that's probably the most important thing is to someone have a sense of, of curiosity. Um, do they, are they a sponge? Do they want to bring in more information and become better every day? And if they do, you've got the right person. Yeah. Great advice, Jake. Corey. Simply just what many of you said, which is just staying consistent and ultimately letting your analytics drive your strategy. I always find it interesting when you have a strategy, but what is it rooted in? <laughs> so your KPIs will tell you how well you're doing, where your ads are coming from, where your leads are coming from. So use that to, to help you set forth strategy and just be rooted in the philosophy when it comes to acquiring new members. For me, it's always, and you've heard this say me say this many times, my favorite quote is people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And so everything I do when I talk to a consumer is always about why they would want to join in the first place, which is all about them leading back to me as a solution. Yeah, perfect. 
Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for um, taking time out of your busy days and all your busy marketing schedules to um, sit on this panel. Um, I think we got a lot of really useful nuggets out of the last hour. So again, thank you guys so much. Just really appreciate it. And attendees, thank you for tuning in. I hope you um, really enjoyed today's session. Um, but yeah, everyone have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.